Juan. Apply directly to the Jew. Juan. Apply directly to the Jew. Juan. Apply directly to the Jew. Juan can be found on Amazon.com. Juan. Apply directly to the Jew. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in Spoogology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert on scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day, <laughs> reading this, this ad copy. Uh, it's really repetitive. <laughs> Seems like they're harkening back to uh, to something. Yeah, we had the giggles hardcore over yeah. that joke. I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hoping that we're not accused of a hate crime. Like we don't want to curse Jews. No, it's just a play on the word Jew on and the head on. Right. If you've never seen the head on commercial, right? We're totally. I love the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> They're the chosen people. They're the chosen people. Come on now. Um, so uh, before we get started, let's just mention our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. And there you can find links to all of our past episodes, our blog posts, and links to our social media, most importantly. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe. And more importantly, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts if you're an Apple person otherwise you can also find us on all the other platforms wherever you're listening to us right now obviously um look even if you don't have an apple product i i i found out did you know this bryce did you know this check this out i have a pc and i downloaded itunes onto my pc made an account and then i just gave us a rating that way not that i mean i give us a a fair rating you know but right a rating nonetheless. <laughs> and uh, and so you can do it no matter what. It's really easy. So uh, And it helps us out probably more than anything else that you can uh, throw at us, other than money, which yeah, does help us out more than a rating. Yeah, it's surprisingly like effective. If you look at the charts, yeah. if we gain a listener or if we gain a rating, yeah. it just skyrockets in the in the charts for on Apple Podcasts, which is pretty significant for us. Um, okay, today we got a controversial show. Really controversial. Surprisingly. I had, no, I had no idea. I woke up this morning and looked at Rotten Tomatoes like, oh shit, this is not going to be... <laughs> we are going against the grain. We're reviewing apparently the world's worst movie. <laughs> We're, have you heard the vitriol about cats? <laughs> yeah. This one's worse. Oh, Jesus so Christ. So much worse than cats. Worse than than having to sit through the the most boring horrible just just grown adults meow at a at yeah. a uh, at a camera for two and a half hours. If you're picking between this movie and seeing James Corden prance around in a cat suit Choose James Corden. Choose, choose James Corden. Yeah, apparently. Over this horrible, horrible film called The Grudge. 2020. From 2020. Uh, we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being a perfectly average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. I think we've only done a few 10s. Like ever, mm-hmm. so uh, I think the most recent one I gave was 
probably American Psycho. Yeah. And before that, I really liked Dr. Sleep. But um, so we, I had two in a row. Uh, after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the fo- film. About the film. Later, we will be doing a new bit especially for this movie called critics corner because we want to dive deep into what people are saying and what their criticisms of this horrible horrible awful god awful horror movie i think it's important to keep critics to be critical of critics right first of all right and if there's anybody fit for that job it's me i've been told i'm one of the most negative critical people (laughs) that most have ever met (laughs) so i think it's it's it falls on you and me to uh to to you know to at first of all to to let everybody else know hey our opinion isn't the only one out there there's a lot of other people that have a totally different opinion of this movie than us right <laughs> so we want to represent them so that you can make a fair assessment of this movie that's what we aim to do on horror movie talk be fair and balanced here at horror movie talk we aim to give you a fair and balanced experience so that you know whether or not you should spend that 11 dollars on the movie theater and maybe seven or eight more dollars on popcorn (laughs) um okay let's uh move on uh we again we went and saw the grudge and i feel like i'm taking crazy pills because i liked it yeah i i had a I had a very good time. Here is the trailer for 2020's The Grudge. Hello, it's Peter Spencer. I'm here about selling the house. Is anyone home? This is Detective Muldoon. This is Peter Spencer. Something happened to me at 44 Rayburn Drive. Someone was murdered at that house. Why did you never go into that place? Something never felt right about it. It Looks like we got another one. Do you think that the body we found is related? Hello? I went to the house. Hello? Police department. I think something followed me home. Mommy, what's going on? What's wrong? We need to leave right now.
Okay. You know, just before we get into uh, the synopsis or our review, I, I want to say I think this movie had... So The Grudge is about... Um, a curse. It's about a curse. Uh, that uh, when a person dies in a fit of extreme rage, a curse is born. And this, this curse haunts a place, and once you've entered the place, you can't escape the curse. I feel like The Grudge has a curse on it. This one particular, like, people decided before it came out, like, people were bracing for impact. Six months ago when the trailer came out, I remember reading this on subreddits and shit, and then, like, this sentiment hit where it was like, you know where where it's, like, popular opinion and you're like, I don't want to look like the dummy. I don't want to look dumb. If I... If I like this movie, everyone won't like me. Yeah, it happens a lot with Star Wars too. Yeah, where sure. It's like if you if you like the Last Jedi, people would be like, "Well, you just have no taste." Right. Like, no. I mean, what do you? Uh, I'll ask the same question that I ask Star Wars fans now. It's like, what what exactly do you expect? <laughs> like, what what are what lofty expectations do you? Ha- expect to get out of this film going experience that it does not fulfill yeah and are those realistic yeah like are you trying to recapture your childhood and a new movie well you're not a child anymore and like you've seen these tropes before so it's not like earth shattering you're gonna have to come you're going you're going to have to come to terms with your jaded shittiness yeah it's you that are the problem um but but i mean let's get into the review i will just say that i i feel like people are scared to like this yeah and we're giving you permission to like it yeah uh the grudge can be found in theaters now uh the grudge 2020 is a soft reboot sequel of the american grudge from 2004 it tells the story of a single mother detective muldoon played by andrea riseborough which you might recognize from mandy god She's the uh, Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. she was Mandy from Mandy. I, I love her in horror movies. Uh, so Detective Muldoon, uh, she moves into a new police force and discovers a dead body in the woods. Her partner, Detective Goodman, played by Demian Bashir, seems disturbed when the body is connected with a house associated with previous with a previous murder case he investigated years ago. As established in the previous grudges and the opening credits when someone is killed in a violent rage, a curse is formed around the place of death, or around the people, apparently, that live there. It's... Yeah, it's it's a little... I mean, it's, it's, it's not a curse. super duper clear, but it's definitely tied to people and places. Yeah. Uh, Detective Goodman mysteriously tries to dissuade Muldoon from investigating too deeply, and says definitely don't go in the house don't go in the house and she's like well i gotta get in the house somehow as you can guess she goes in the house detective muldoon (laughs) as she investigates the current and previous murders the film flashes back to tell the story of three families in different stages of life all being haunted and hunted by the same curse oh well you know I haven't seen any of the previous grudges or the original Juon, so I was going in blind. However, the information I needed was provided in the opening credits. Murder bad, 
make curse curse bad curse bad yes this technique i actually liked uh but i admit it does lessen the mystery a bit it's not there's no real discovery about what this curse is and and i don't think any of the characters really understand the curse or or find out like why things are happening to them other than they're it, being haunted it's it's revealed uh in the end scene uh through a reenactment that she witnesses uh kinda i mean the yeah. the impetus for for the actions of of the person who caused the grudge i'm not i'm still not super clear on yeah so but but the in the in the original grudge i haven't seen ju on but i have seen the grudge and the grudge too um and uh, and i enjoyed them both i think uh the grudge too maybe maybe not so much uh but and it was long ago these last time i saw these were both in theaters so you know over 15 years ago or something like that and um and i got to say the grudge the curse is not like it's not the I mean, while it is the name and the focus of the movie, it's not the interesting part. You know? Yeah. It's it kinda is a it's little a bit. Device. Yeah, it's a device to you know, this movie is simple. I yeah, will give I mean, it it's that. It's like the when you're in a de- demonic possession movie, the demonic demonic possession isn't necessarily the most interesting part of the movie. It's it's people's reaction right. to it. Right. Um same with like any other haunting movie. It's like the haunting. I mean, once you've seen one ghost story, you kind of seen them all. Yeah, you got it. You got the like spooky yeah. stuff moves. There's sounds. Doors creak. Little kids are ghost jumps out. Little kids are terrifying always. Yeah. Um. So the 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 technique. But uh, but this. Yeah, so the just telling you right out that like it says this is what the grudge is, this is how it operates is pretty useful for a sequel. Um yeah, since it, all that information has already been established in the previous films even though they were 15 years ago. It does just come out at the in the opening credits with with words for you to read that are like here's what's up. Yeah. And that's that's pretty effective. The director, Nicholas Pesci, sets a measured pace and a moody tone for this movie, which for me helped to build up the dread. There isn't much mystery or any real surprises in terms of the plot, but it does feel compelling because of the inevitability of what you know is going to happen. It's like watching a slow-mo train wreck. The first act takes its time to develop characters. You're introduced to each family in turn, and each has a unique situation that inspires empathy. Um, so it does feel like there are stakes. The most interesting of the bunch is probably the elderly Matheson family that is dealing with dementia and assisted suicide. Um, you know, it deals with some, some weighty topics. I mean, I can see how it might be like heavy, considered heavy handed or artificial to set them up so quickly. But I thought it was just, it did it efficiently and you could, empathize with each of these families like it gave you a reason to care for each of them it wasn't just like yeah these people exist right you i felt i felt uh 
I felt connected to all the characters, and and furthermore, um, you said uh, it does still feel compelling because of the inevitability. You said uh, there isn't much mystery or any real surprises in terms of plot, but it does still feel compelling because of the inevitability of what you know is going to happen. I, I, well, you remembered what I said really good. Yeah, How, uh, you got a photographic memory. For well, I'm words. I'm really I'm I am a writer, uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I'd just like to add to that, like, I felt the characters were compelling, like, each one of them uh, had... And they're all acted well. They I mean, all had stakes. Yeah. They they all acted really well. They're all played by pros. Yeah. Um, it... it I, it was not lacking. It yeah, was I not mean, lacking in terms I, of 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 char- interesting character arcs. Yeah, I I compare it to other horror movies that are pretty, you know, blatant about exposition or attempts to get you to care about characters that aren't really fleshed out. So I go back to I think it's Annabelle Creation. Mm-hmm. No, is it Annabelle? It's one of the Annabelle. Prequels. Annabelle comes home. No, no. Oh, creation, creation. Origins. 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 <laughs> I can keep track of all this shit. Uh, it's the one with where it just has literally... A, Annabelle 2. It literally has a bus full of orphans. And it's like, they're orphans. Care. Yeah. And you just don't. Because it's it, they just feel like fodder. This is a great. That's a great one to bring up because people love that fucking terrible movie. That's a great comparison because it's like, you just like that one for no reason. But why? Well, because orphans. It's like, that's bad. That's a bad premise. Yeah. It's shoddy, lazy storytelling. Yeah. I mean, when it's... None of the characters or the families in this movie feel like fodder. It's not like, we need bodies. Right. Here are bodies. Or it doesn't... It feels like each of them are living in their own world. Yeah. They have their own, like, story. And it's respected. So this is definitely a one-trick pony, though. Along the lines of the Conjuring movies, it's more of a vehicle for jump scares. Some of the scares are effective, but they're generally pretty sparse until the end. With the R rating, it's able to de- to delve into more graphic violence. This is a pretty light R, yeah. since there are only a few moments that earn the rating. But they are effective and pack a punch when they come. Yeah, and not... I mean, the R is earned in... In my mind, by the ambiance, by the mood that this movie sets, it is dark. Yeah. It is, it is not, it is heavy. Uh-huh. And it's, it leaves you with a, a sheen of kind of gross. Right. Like, this is, you know, this is a heavy shit kind of gross feeling that it yeah. leaves you with. Yeah. Um. So coming out of the movie, both me and David thought it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I liked it despite its slow pace and general predictability because it's a well-crafted movie with a pretty distinctive tone and enough gravitas to feel compelling. Um, I like this director, Nicholas Pesci. We reviewed one of his previous movies called Piercing, which I don't think a lot of people saw, and I don't think uh, received a lot of critical acclaim, but I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's, and in well-directed. Terms, in terms of a well-made movie, yeah, it was, yeah. It was a well-made movie. So we're like, hey, you know, we get to review a pretty good movie this week. I go home to upload our quick take review on YouTube. We shot a quick video and uh, upload it. And when I'm posting it around, I'm seeing other reviews coming out. I check Twitter 
and I realized that I am in the minority on this movie. People and critics apparently hate this movie. Hate it. Hate it. With like capital H A T E. Yeah. It has a worse score on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes than Cats, which is patently ridiculous to me. Uh, I felt I saw a completely different movie. I don't know what people were expecting from it, but apparently they were very disappointed with the film. Most of the criticisms about it uh, were that it's boring or that it didn't feature the original girl ghost Kyoko as much as they wanted, or some of them talked about how they were disappointed that the actors weren't more well utilized. Like they had favorites, um, like the, the Mrs. Matheson the old lady with dementia you've sure. seen, seen her and some other things she's great she's great and i don't know they a lot of them were like well they're all great actors and they're doing a great job to save this movie it's like i i mean what are you talking about can you here's i agree so well there's nothing to agree with there's a ton of critical anger about this movie that is almost baseless it's just, like you said, they're just like, it's boring. It's like, okay, can you expand on that? Well, um, there were too many story arcs and they didn't do a good job, you know, ex- ex- expressing them. They didn't do a good job fleshing them out. It's like, I, I mean, I saw the exact opposite of that. Right. And, uh, so like maybe like, well, I just, I just didn't care about any of them. And it's like, okay, I mean, I've done that plenty of times before. I've said that before. And this could just be a thing that comes down to taste. It could be. I could. It could just be that everyone's taste, they just don't have a taste for it. But I got to keep going back to this, this, the curse on this movie, I think. I think people made up their minds about this movie as soon as they realized it was being remade. And they were like... This is the line in the sand. We're going to die here. Right. And uh and now and and poor Nicholas Pesci he did a I think he did a very admirable job with this movie and I think he did the series just I think he did better than than The Grudge 2. I haven't seen Ju on, but um but I I think this is a a great way to to re amp up and it's this a lot of people are just flat out incorrect in their criticisms in their basic criticisms of it so um so i don't know i i think i think it's i think it's a good movie yeah i mean yeah i don't know i feel i feel like i'm being gaslit um <laughs> i stand by my original impressions upon leaving the theater i think it's worth a watch um i give it a score of a six out of ten and uh, before the show started, I said, Bryce, I, I, did you temper your score a little bit because because of the reviews? What, what, what I mean, a little bit because yeah. I really thought about it. Like I was like, oh, do you have do you have the clip <laughs> of what of Seymour? Oh, am I so out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> That's. Uh, I felt like am I am I just missing it with this movie and I really tried to temper my initial impressions by thinking about like all right what are other people going to like what were what was my actual experience upon watching it and yeah there were times where I was yawning or not super engaged but like I did care the whole way through I did care yeah. like I f- I felt 
it felt like there were stakes. Um, I don't. I mean, I. It's right on. It's like a high six, low seven. It's like right on the edge for me. Like, for me, it's on the edge of an eight. It's it, this. I'm. I'm gonna say this is a high seven for me. Like I. Re, like I'm really glad that I saw this movie. <laughs> like uh, I wouldn't say it's a spectacular movie, and you know it is a, just a jump scare vehicle, but it's great at that. It's it's um, you know, it's as good as the better uh, I- iterations of The Conjuring that are you know basically just jump scare factories as well. Yeah, and uh, and you know for what it is, I think it's re- it's really compelling and interesting. Yeah, I th- I definitely think. It's better than average. And dark as shit. Like, it really accomplishes an impressive ambiance. Like, this is, this is like, dirty right up there with, like, getting close to the grime of Rob Zombie. This is gross. And it makes you feel gross, just tonally. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's, that's our score. We're going to stick with it, even though I kind of compromised. Um like I, it's worth a watch. Don't be dissuaded by a nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's ridiculous. It's silly. Yeah, it doesn't deserve that. It's a good movie. Uh, so before we get into spoilers and talk a little bit more in detail about the plot points and the stuff we liked and hated about the film, let's just do a quick couple plugs for our Patreon account. You need to check out our Patreon if you like the show and want to support us. Um, lots of different tiers from just throwing us, you know, a little bit into the tip jar to uh, becoming a a full-on supporter and participant in the program. Uh, we've got perks from just getting advance uh, release. You will know, post it on Patreon before our regular schedule once it's edited, um, as well as a whole separate podcast called The Afterpod, where we leave the mics running and shoot the shit a little more and have a little more um, larger scope in terms of topical material it's more i in my opinion it's like when we after the podcast we usually sit around and talk for like a half an hour to an hour anyways got, and a lot of just, gossip and we're just like leaving the mics running for yeah. that um which a lot of patrons actually really like it um you can also support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product that we mention or anything that you're planning on buying or renting on amazon just go to horrormovietalk.com and click through to Amazon from one of the Amazon links. The most convenient one is in the header of the site. It says buy on Amazon. It's a big green button next to the Patreon button. So check that out if you're planning on doing any uh, post-Christmas shopping. Uh, also, as a special offer to our listeners, Shudder is offering a 30-day free trial of their horror streaming service if you use the code HMT at checkout. That's Shudder.com. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Dude, on Shudder, I just watched uh, Haunt, uh, which is like Hellfest. But, oh, I think I already... Didn't I say this last week? Yeah. Oh. Um, let me think here. Did I watch anything else on Shudder? Oh, there was one about some dude in some armor that was pretty good. I forget what it was called. Anyway, yeah, Shudder's got some great shit on it right now, and you guys should check it out. So HMT at checkout gets you that 30-day free trial. Yeah, they're, they're really good. They've got some great curated lists, and especially if you like, you know, Juon or some of these foreign horror films. It, I, I, it doesn't have Juon on it right now, but 
and has a really good curated list of foreign horror films pretty much at any time. And some great commentary by people like Joe Bob Briggs, some uh, series that are uh, original. Oh, Eli Roth has his own series on there discussing the history of horror. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, 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 so also check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork for him from hmt fans contact him at d-g-o-e-b-a-l-0-0 on instagram that's dgobel00 on instagram and make your artistic dreams come true tell him hmt sent you he we're really we love this guy he makes the the featured images for our posts and they just look great every every time time. yeah so when we share they not only do they look great but but th- it matches our sensibility. Yeah, like the angle, is, the angle, it. and the tone. Like he's he's got the comedy in him. Yeah, you know, uh, I love it. Yeah, um, our sensibilities really match up, and we really appreciate that he volunteered his his talent, his talent yeah. for for the show. Hey, quick shout out to our latest patron, uh, uh, Don B. Don B. That's right. I was trying to remember his last name, and then I and then I. And then I remembered I probably shouldn't say his whole last name. Right. He might not. He might not appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for joining up, Don. We really appreciate your support a whole lot. So yeah, and Don is also on Twitter. I forget his Twitter. Oh yeah, I'll now. look that up and I'll uh, I'll let you know in a couple minutes here. Yeah. He he shared a really cool um, post. He he endorsed horror movie talk and said check this podcast out they're pretty great and they took our logo and animated it which he makes really gifts cool. he makes horror movie gifts on twitter yeah and there so you need to check this guy out um yeah i'll let you that. know i'll let he you also, know what his his name is here in a second. he also has a patreon where he does star wars art um but yeah check him out on twitter um lots of great horror like kind of animated gifts and uh poster homages to past horror films and his twitter handle is the the cinema sorcerer at cinema sorcerer at cinema sorcerer no underscores or anything nope just at cinema sorcerer so yeah check him out thanks don b for becoming our latest patreon supporting the show um now let's get into spoilers spoilers okay so the mil- the movie had a really strong opening to me. Um, opens with the Landers girl, the family wife, whatever her name is. Yeah, um, um, I believe she's th- she's the girl from The Grudge Two. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, I believe so. So um, opens with her going out and taking the trash. They're going to be moving back to America. I think she's talking on the phone, like yeah. discussing this, and. There's like movement, like real subtle movement in these white trash bags on the sidewalk. Yeah, kind of like they're breathing, kind of like. 
yeah, just, like the trash bag is aspirating. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is really creepy. Yeah, like it really worked for me. Yeah, if I saw a trash bag like like just regularly taking a breath, being, like, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, um, so they, um, it's apparently it connects the previous grudge so is it is it the grudge 2 yeah okay. yeah because i couldn't find anywhere that specifically said it's a sequel to the grudge or the grudge 2 i feel like they skipped over I'm, something i may be full of shit on this as if i recall the grudge both the grudge and the grudge 2 took place in japan and the grudge 2 uh included sarah michelle geller's sister who I think this was, I could be, I could be way off base. So, you know, if I'm wrong, if let us know on social media, how wrong we are. Yeah. Tell us how how dumb we are. We're so stupid. Oh, we don't, we barely, no, okay, go on. (laughs) So that's more of a prologue. Then it goes to detective Muldoon and her son. Um, they're introduced. We find out pretty quickly that she recently lost her husband. Um, you find out later it's from cancer and uh, they're still reeling from that loss. I think it's about three months since he died. And she moves to a new police force and is introduced to her new partner, Detective Goodman. Um, the one thing of note, as as they set up Muldoon and her son, they have a trick to calm down when they're scared. They count down from five and close their eyes. Yeah, they close their eyes and, and count to five. Which is a great setup to a jump scare. Yeah. Like, I, I predicted that this would be the most predictable jump scare in the movie, and I was pleasantly surprised by the fake out later yeah. in the film. Um, they don't use it in the way that you would expect it. No. Yeah. Um, but it is it is used later. Uh, Detectives uh, Goodman, uh, played by poor man's Benicio Del Toro, um, uh, Bashir yeah. something... What's yeah, his name? I, I just Damien Bashir. Um, he's not. He's 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 not. I mean, in this film, like yeah, he's okay. he's a stand-in for a Benicio del Toro type. True, very true. Very true. Well said. Um, they discover a dead body in a car, and it leads them back to the Landers's house. Goodman warns. Did you Mold- say the Flanders house? Landers. Oh, darn. Goodman warns Muldoon to never step foot in the house, and you know what happens next. So, <laughs> overall, it's mostly unknown actors in this film. Um, there are some actors from other horror movies. Um, I think the uh, Mathesons, Mrs. Matheson, I should probably pull up the IMDb for Damian this. Damien Bashir was in Inglorious Bastards and uh, The Hateful Eight. Yeah, the the most notable are Damien Bashir, um the lady that plays Miss Matheson, you've seen her in other things. She Mandy. was Mandy. She Oh wait, no, Miss Matheson is the old lady. Is I'm sorry, the old the, lady. The, the she, lady with dementia. She looks so similar. She was in Insidious. She was Yes. She was in uh, she was like the gross neighbor in something about Mary. Yeah. You remember her? Wasn't she also w- w- Okay. Either she was or she's like the goddamn spitting image of the grandma from Happy Gilmore. No, she is not. But she, oh, goddamn, does she look like her? The, the grandma in 
Happy Gilmore was really old. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's why this lady has confused me so much because I'm like, what is this lady? Just fucking timeless? What happened? Did she just did she just look uh, 75 when she was 30 and she's just continuing on that? But no, she's a different person. And then the other recognizable, probably the most recognizable actor to me was John Cho. Oh, yeah, for sure. Harold from Harold and Kumar. Yeah, so he's he's um, Peter Spencer in this film. But overall, it's like when you look at the IMDb for a lot of these people, it's like, I don't know, they're on just random things, but they're all given pretty equal treatment in terms of like being featured characters, and they all pull it off really well. Yeah, it's it's hard to, I mean... The there is the obvious main character of Detective Muldoon, which, by the way, what a fucking great name! Yeah, I mean, like, so that's a, if there was a book of detective names of like if you're going to be writing a detective mystery, like this would be number one. Yeah, Muldoon, Muldoon. Yeah, great choice of name. Be like also, Detective Muldoon or Moldover or. They do some interesting. <laughs> th- nice try. Yeah. They do some interesting <laughs> nods in this movie that are that at, right in the beginning, like hit me so hard that I was like, "This is corny," because because Detective Muldoon. I was like, "Okay, come on, that's trying. <laughs> that's trying a little hard." And then and then also, I have a question for you. Serious question: If you're a detective, do you have to drive an Oldsmobile or a Buick? <laughs> from 1989 is that the most important thing i mean because seven you know they harken back to seven they drive like a buick in this they drive like a a pontiac or an oldsmobile you know from like the 80s yeah like true detective yeah yes yeah Yeah. it's the, the your car has to be boxy and and uh and um kind of stately yeah but uh yeah and a little shitty yeah, and, and yeah, has to have some rust around the door handle. Yeah, right on the the corners of each panel has to have like the little bit of chip paint. Yeah, and rust. Yeah, um, yeah, a little on the nose with Detective Muldoon and the detective. <laughs> also, so the the time periods it does not have a lot of variation between time periods. It's like yeah, it's, it uses the the year um, two thousand timestamps, but it's like two thousand four, two thousand five, and two thousand six. Yeah, there's not yeah. a lot of time that passed. Right. Um, and it's like a part of me was like, well, maybe they're choosing the Oldsmobile because because kids would think that's an old car because. Right. But, yeah. I mean, that would because not be 2006 is old now, you know, so it's like, but no, because if you look at a car from 2006, it looks like a, remember how each decade it used to be like you could really tell a car from the 70s right. and then a car from the 80s and then a car from the 90s that's kind of stopped in the aughts and forward it's a little bit yeah i mean a, i'm not a car guy so i couldn't tell you i mean i i feel like you'd still be able to tell a 90s car but i don't know what the differentiation between a you know an aughts car and a yeah anyway anyway whatever um yeah that also around about the time period i didn't write this down as a point but there's a couple things that like were kind of anachronistic the (laughs) there's one scene where she comes downstairs and the tv is on and it's a console it's a big old box tv yeah like not just a crt tv Like, like which would be like two decades 
past. Yeah, I this mean, like, TV was the, from 1983. Yeah. Yeah. Not just that, but it was a console TV. So it was like a piece of furniture with a TV built in. Right. Right. Which is, I mean, I had it in the late 80s, right. early 90s, but that thing was gotten rid of relatively quick. Like, that's, by 2006, that thing would be ridiculous and detectives make plenty of money like they they're not hurting for tvs look (laughs) this is a small this is a small town in the south and uh and so you know the things are old and slow there i mean more of it it was it was like to set the tone of the production design it was like this Mm -hmm. is old and creepy has a little bit of that spooky house syndrome throughout that's that's my common criticism of the conjuring movies it's like all right well it's going to use you know these these color filters and dark lighting and kind of the moody kind of broken down houses it doesn't do it quite as blatantly as the conjuring does but there is a little bit of that in this movie yeah um so one of the things that I noticed, I don't know if this is intentional or not, where it, when it goes to the house that's mainly featured, so it's kind of said as the Landers' house, which is the, the people that came over from Japan, um, when they enter the house, there's kind of the hero shot of the house, and yeah. I noticed that the the tree branches in front of the house were draped over, like, the first, the top floor windows, mm. which is almost like covering the eyes of the house, and so girl in the grudge like her hair is falling over her eyes <sighs> i didn't know if that was intentional or not <sighs> yeah, but maybe. i noticed yeah good job bryce mm. um it might have been that there was just a tree there which one was first <laughs> the grudge or the ring it had to be the ring right um the ring was like 2002 i, I mean think. i feel like the well the ring the japanese version or the ringu I don't know when Ringu came out. I think Juon came out in 2000, like the original Japanese Juon. And I think that was based off, that was like a remake of like a videotape. They're the damn same movie. And they're both good. (laughs) Yeah. I like them both. They're the same movie. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's one of those things where there must be some kind of Japanese mythology or cultural understanding of ghosts that. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. I don't really understand the significance of it as an American but it seems pretty consistent. Yes, that is accurate. It's 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 endlessly interesting to me but the not afterlife. enough not enough to really dig into it. I'm just like, oh, look at that. What kind of wacky shit's going on over there? Okay, bye. What I gather from the Japanese concept of the afterlife is that it's damp all the time. Oh yeah, it's just, it's just fucking real wet. Drippy, man. Yeah, just drippy. How's it how's it going in the afterlife? Oh, I'm you... wet. <laughs> I'm fucking wet, bro. I can't get dry. Yeah. That's why I'm so pissed off and I'm going to haunt you. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. Uh So um, one of the things that I appreciate, and, and David, you mentioned specifically, is the reactions to the ghosts are realistic throughout the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the... <laughs> the I love The reaction this. is like, 
what the fuck was that? What the fuck? Because, okay, so let me set this up for you a little bit. In your normal, everyday, bad horror movie, or just average horror movie, you're going to get a bunch of a bunch of scares, or at least a bunch of, you know, clues to scares, like, a spooky. did a spooky thing just walk by? I can't tell. I'm going to turn around and look. Oh, well, let's continue on with my day. That's the answer to all of it. Oh, well, let's continue on with my day. Oh, uh, I th- I thought I just saw my dead mother jump out at me uh, with with blood dripping from her nose and mouth. Oh, well, I'm just going to continue on with my day. This movie does not do that. Anytime someone in this movie sees something alarming, it 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 does what they should do, which is what the f- what's happening? And they're just uh, the, the, every character is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What's happening? I love it. Yeah, it's. <sighs> There's that, and there's a great um, kind of comedy cut where <laughs> the the doctor that's consulting with the Mathesons about the assisted suicide, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're we're haunted," and there's and she's like experiencing all these hauntings, and and uh, what was it? The the Mister Matheson was talking about the afterlife, and it's how it's kind of comforting that they're seeing some of these ghosts because that means that there's something <laughs> afterwards and then it makes like a hard cut to zip <laughs> her, yeah. her, the, the her doctor zipping, up, zipping her up her bag and getting the fuck out yeah he just got done explaining get the fuck out <laughs> he just got done explaining to her he's like you know i know my wife is headed for death here soon and i love her so much and just these horrific ghosts yeah they're horrific and they're scary but they give me hope that, you know, I'll be reunited with her, you know, when we're both drippy, gross corpses <laughs> in the afterlife. And uh, there's a little bit of a touching feeling to that statement. And and that scene just ends with a zip, her zipping up her her, yeah. her purse and being like, I'm yeah. a fucking out of here. Yeah, no, thank you. Because, I mean, you're in the scene, in the context of the scene, it's kind of touching. It's like esoteric and like philosophical about the meaning of the afterlife and they're really exploring that as this elderly couple and what it means to them and that it actually equals hope and you as the audience is thinking like no (laughs) no that's that's bad the spooky ghosts that kill people are bad yeah you don't want to be a bad ghost and so the doctor you know (laughs) has that exact same reaction you're like yep that's great um so yeah, the the reactions to the to the ghosts are really really realistic. Um, we've been mentioning the three families. Should probably just lay out who the three families are featured in the flashbacks. Yeah. Um, so the Landers are, is the it's a couple and a their daughter um, Madeline, mm-hmm. I think. Um, they're the family that brings back the curse from Japan. They're the least featured. Right. They their story is told right at the tail end of the movie yes um the spencers is a realtor couple um with john cho and his wife yeah um they're trying to have a baby but we're kind of introduced to them being diagnosed um they they have this this test for the fetus and the doctor says that there's it's at high risk for ald which is a bad disease i don't know Super. Yeah, it's a, what what it is, a but diminishing. It's, it's bad. Yeah. 
Um, people, little kids die from that. Um, and so they're realtors. They sold the house to the landers. And it's coming at the tail end of that transaction. Um, Peter Spencer is trying to get like the final signatures on the um, the closing of the house. And then um, skip forward. The Mathesons is the elderly couple that that get the house after the Landers. And one, uh, the the woman is dying. Is she dying of cancer? Did I get that right? Or was it just Alzheimer's or something? No, she had. To, yeah, she was slipping into. She definitely dementia, had some sort of some sort of degenerative memory. Yeah, thing. she had dementia definitely, but I don't know if that was the main thing or that was a another thing anyways they she has dementia and they bring in an assisted suicide doctor to help them and uh it seems like she's too far gone for for that even because you gotta be of sound mind to you gotta be able to basically pull the trigger yeah on yourself because uh because that's that's what assisted suicide is not assisted killing um so jumping back to the spencers and their their baby tests I wrote down, doctors are fear mongers when it comes to baby tests. Yeah. D- did you experience that with, with your kid? Like, Oh, yes. They do not hold your hand or like I have, give you any... Like, it seems like they they err on the side of... Of terror. Of terror. <laughs> yeah, no, that's accurate. Like, I... Um, we had a real, real scary... Re- I, I'm so pissed off at this, this fucking doctor. And Carrie... My wife knows this doctor personally uh-huh. because she works or she worked at the same facility as this doctor for, you know, decades. Uh-huh. And her mom worked with her for decades, too. And she like she came into the room after this one test um, when our first child was, you I know, remember, I remember you telling me in the, the room and she's and she was fucking weeping. The, yeah, it's how's a bad that, sign when your doctor is weeping. How's that giving you? News. How's that bedside manner for you? <laughs> She came in crying. There, there is a level of empathy that you should probably not reach, right? In the doctor client, doctor patient relationship. Look, I get that you, I get that you're friends with my wife, and that there's a. I started looking at the statistics for the thing she was like supposed, supposedly, you know, it was like nil. It was nil. This doctor was a fucking. Anyway, yes, they doctors do t- like if if anybody's out there thinking of getting pregnant or pregnant right now, and you got a doctor who's who's freaking you out, like like get a second opinion because Jesus Christ, it's irresponsible to do that to people. It's it's almost like they want you to. Yeah, I mean, we had a couple of different doctors. One, our first doctor was great; like he was absolutely great that's good and he he actually um side note he was a contestant and a winner on jeopardy oh so i was like well this guy's smart um but he he like couched everything but but just (laughs) to kill a lot of people but he had to kill a lot of people so he got disbarred uh he he would just basically say the the attitude that he had was everything's fine Everything's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Like, just don't, <sighs> don't you. worry about it because, like, really, if you think about it, you know, women have been doing this for ever. Like, <laughs> their bodies are designed to do it. Like, for literally the, all of humanity, <laughs> the default, the default is there's nothing to worry about, 
in a very very rare case there's something to worry about yeah and yeah. uh and there's even just like this cottage industry of tests that you can make take to like i don't know yeah like and and you, you know you, what you can actively try to do a little more harm to the baby so that you can understand a little bit more of the risks associated it's like this weird yeah trade-off you know what i'm i'm going to do a little bit of what i consider to be public outreach right now and and just because i was so shocked at how poorly everything was handled during <laughs> during our first pregnancy i'm gonna say like if you or you're if 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 you're trying to conceive or you you have a kid right now and you're worried or anything like that reach out to us at uh on facebook or on twitter or something like that i'll be happy to talk with you about like our experiences and the unfounded bullshit that was thrown our way and just you know not only that but just tell you it's gonna be okay like yeah. so reach out to us because I, I i would like to share my story if it will help so one of the things that i thought about like so much, like when, when, so when, much when, of this stuff is not talked about. I feel like it's so taboo in our society to talk yeah, about this shit. And, and it's, it, the it technology, leaves people ill-prepared. Yeah, the technology allows you to see so far into the... Supposedly see yes. so far into the future about yeah. future problems yeah. like down the road with the child that like it yeah, really like, doesn't matter because okay if you think about they're it like they're gonna get a they're gonna get an f on their report card in fifth grade do you want to abort right now or <laughs> and you're like what the fuck are you talking about like if you think about it what what is the worst fear would be just a horrible horrible like illness illness or... that like that will make the child dependent on you forever that that's like the worst case scenario, and yeah, you would have to steal yourself for like expecting that. But what they don't say, and what you don't realize, um, and if you talk with a family that has a member of their family that that requires like that level of care, mm -hmm. where it's like yeah. you're, they're basically hospitalized in the in the house, it still starts out as a baby. Yeah, like. It's kind of the process of it grows into it and it's gradual to the point where like it's not it's not like a horrible, horrible um I don't know, I don't want to talk for, for, for everyone, but it's not as bad as you would think it would be because you get used to it and you're making adjustments along the way until like, this is what life is. Like yeah. this is where it is. Like, and it's the, understandable the, if that's not something you want to do, but it's also, it's also something that a lot of people get a lot of, a lot of great life experience from. So it's, it's one of these things where it's like, well, well, I don't know. You see the grudge 2020 bringing up important <laughs> hard-hitting topics in horror movie talk right. so that we can help you through a tough time. Yeah, so I mean the weighty I mean I I appreciated the weighty topics in this movie. Yeah. So like yeah, me too. talking about Alzheimer's, assisted suicide, like um baby tests with, you know, congenital diseases, yeah. stuff like that and like deciding whether to abort or not, like it's it's all handled very maturely. Yeah. Like it's not exploitative no which is 
really impressive to me. Yeah, you know? it is. It is very impressive that it hits those three hard hitting fucking topics and never and never does it really feel like it's uh, like it crosses the line over into that Rob Zombie territory I was talking about. Before. Yeah. Um, and then there's also so you mentioned the Landers. The Spencers and the Mathesons, but then there's also Detective Muldoon. Right. And her, Muldoon. And her I mean, her, yeah, she's the mainest character. Yeah. And then there's also the other detective, Detective uh, Goodman. Goodman. Yeah. And so there are five, r- really four strong s- story arcs. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, Detective Goodman, I guess that's the other thing is like, it flashes back to him and his former mm-hmm. partner. His partner who who plays a a, a, a decent role yeah. in this as well. So the standout scenes in this, I just kind of pulled out some stuff that caught my attention that I thought worked really well. Um, so Peter Spencer's trying to get the final signatures um, for closing the Landers' house. And he goes to the house. No one will answer him. And after like the second or third time he goes back... Um, the daughter Melinda is alone at the house. Like I think she's sitting out in the rain or something at first. Um, yeah, you know, she's wet. She's dead. And <laughs> they go in, and he's like, "Where are your parents?" And he's like sticking around for hours and hours because, like, where the fuck are the parents? I yeah, can't just leave. You this. can't just leave a little because she's like, you know, like eight or seven or something like that. She's pretty young. And uh, her nose starts bleeding, <laughs> and he's not, like taking, not just bleeding, gushing. Yeah, and so he's taking care of her, and she's acting really weird. I mean, the audience pretty much understands that she's dead and yeah. that she's a ghost. And there's a pretty great like um, shot where he's kind of like hugging her and like saying everything is going to be okay. And she like kind of smiles at the camera, and her mouth is like dripping with blood. Yeah. Um. That's a pretty good scene. I wrote down world's worst deli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? The doctor to the Mathesons goes to the grocery store shop for him and she's kind of haunted. And it has these shots of all this gross, like, you know, pig corpse meat, <laughs> like with flies all over it. Yeah. Pig's I head. I couldn't tell if that was like a hallucination or the deli was just that bad. Yeah. And it just felt that gross. Um, I don't. I don't think I would chop at a deli with it that had no. flies all over the meat. One thing. Know. One thing that this movie does well is it shows a lot of restraint in in both the jump scares and then and then also just throughout the movie. It doesn't. It doesn't just come on you constantly. It's not just <laughs> just like uh, uh, with the with the with the spooks and stuff, it does a good job of building tension and kind of restraining itself and like amping up like the stakes for each storyline. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that, that didn't quite work. Well, okay. So another, another scene that worked really well that stands out, like what, what stands out for you? Like, wow, wow that's my shoulder. That's impressive. You can hear that on the mic. Ouch. <laughs> I'm really fucked up here. Um, so, uh, did you just, what, what did you just ask me? I'm sorry. Like the standout scenes, like what, what really worked or was impactful? Um, <laughs> as, as, uh, 
Harold is being chased. Harold from Harold and Kumar is being chased through the house. There's a few moments uh, that that stand out. Anytime anyone is in the house, I'm on high alert mm-hmm. and alone. Oh, oh man, the scene with um, is it the uh, the the no not the, it's the Mathesons the uh-huh. older couple uh-huh. uh when he, when the detective when detective Muldoon walks in on on a house that contains a corpse of the old man uh-huh. and his his wife who has cut off all of her fingers mm-hmm and is like ch- like she's chopping carrots, but really she's chopping like her no, fingers that, off. You're you're confusing two scenes. So there's she discovers that Mrs. Muldoon, but the yeah she's, she's standing her, in the kitchen. She's standing in the kitchen crying, saying, "Will you feed me?" Yeah. And so like, the the senior thinking about is um, the doctor um, is going to. Oh, wait, is that what you just said, the doctor, or did you say the detective? Detective. So, yeah, the it doctor The doctor discovers the, like, she's coming back from the grocery store, I think, and she oh. goes in, and she sees the dead body on the floor. It's, like, freshly bleeding, and Miss Matheson is at the counter cutting stuff, and yes. then it shows her that she's actually cutting off and chopping off her fingers yeah. on her left hand. And she had just freshly murdered her husband. Yeah. And she has the great, <laughs> the great line of, he was trying to kill me. Yeah, he was trying to ha- make me commit suicide. <laughs> Which is great. It's true. And uh, and then the other, well, the, the scene that happened before that is when Muldoon discovers... Uh, the house, right? She goes into the right. house, and and the uh, yeah, the she, old lady is the old there, being crying, really creepy. standing alone in a room. Oh, this this was the old lady in it. This was the old lady who no, walks it's around. Not, it's not the same. Oh, it's it's very 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 close. God like, damn, what is up with this brigade of old ladies who look look alike? <laughs> well, you're just you're like racist about old ladies they like just cats. all look alike yeah. for you it's called ageist uh-huh um so yeah detective Muldoon like walks in and the old lady is being creepy we're not told the like we're not told the full backstory with them yet and then she discovers like the moldering body of the husband yeah that worked there. really that worked really well for me and then of course anything having to do with that dirty ass poop bathtub yeah i i wrote down <laughs> So, uh, Peter Spencer is, discovers this bathtub and he's like, something might be in there. And he does what everyone would do with a dirty, like poop tub, standing poop tub water. You, you just put your face as close as possible to it. Let me just, let me just like, let me just get in there. And, what is and there's it? bubbles coming out of it. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, like something breathing down there. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I would, you know, hit the. The uh, the tub drain thing, like the little arm, just go, doop, you know. I don't know. He was getting pretty close to it. He was... Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it. He was thinking about eating it. I think he was going to... So, uh, yeah, the... And then the other, like, really impactful scene is with uh, the flashback of Detective Goodman's partner... Yes. That is really affected by the house. He's like really attuned to like there's something really bad about this house and he starts getting haunted and he attempts to commit suicide and they're driving along in a car and he he takes his gun out and shoots himself in the face, which is like 
really shocking in the moment. Yeah. And pretty, he, pretty great scene. Yeah. It's, I feel like that's a, probably one of the most common mistakes while trying to commit suicide is like last minute, like t- turn the gun a little bit to your cheek while it's in your mouth. Uh-huh. Then you just yeah, he turns blow up, half your head off. Yeah, he turns up that he didn't commit suicide. He's still alive. And then when um, Detective Muldoon. Muldoon visits him, he's like... Goes to visit him in the insane asylum. Yeah. And then he proceeds to you know rip his eyeballs out. Yeah, because he's like, well, maybe... I can't stop seeing them. Like, it gets worse. Like, this like this curse progresses. And as it, as it progresses, you see them all the time. And it's horrible. So maybe if I rip my eyes out... Maybe I won't see them anymore. And as he's being as he's being carted away, he's like, I can still feel them. Ah! And it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. So that's that's all good stuff. Um, all the stuff that earns the R rating is is pretty great. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that they left that in. Um, the one question I had, and this is a little one, is when the doctor is running away from the Mathesons. Um, that's the car. That's the the dead body in the car that the detectives find yes. later on. Yeah, I feel like I missed something. Like what happened in that car crash? Because she went off the road, and I feel like there was like a split second where I saw blood or she, something. Yeah, she broke her. Um, she like hit the ceiling and broke her arm. Like she she got a compound fracture in her arm real fast. Oh, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I saw like a flash of red, and I was like, "What happened?" Yeah, her arm, she... her arm split open. Okay, yeah, I'm glad we figured that out. Okay, so and then to to wrap it up, the uh, the countdown to five. It's like the the uh, jump scare that you were fully expecting. They they were sitting in and in the house, and they're like, "All right, just you know, count, close your eyes, and count down to five. And I like took out my imaginary binoculars. It's like, all right, let's see this coming a, a mile away. <laughs> They're gonna, there's gonna be a jump scare, and there's not. No jump scare. There's no jump scare. It was a great fake out. Yeah, and they were fine. And then later, at the very end of the film, well, not the very end, but like the kind of the finale. Yeah. Um, she tells her son, "Stay in the car, no matter what. Do not come in this house ever." And she's like getting ready to torch the house. She's like spreading, spreading fuel all over. And then of course, like right as she's about to light it, her son is in like the entryway and she's like, what are you, what are you doing? Don't, why are you trying to burn this house? And she's like, no, I told you not to come in here. Yeah. You dumb bitch. God damn it. Why? And, and he's like, I'm scared. And he's like, well, what do we do? what do we do? And we, when we're scared and, he just stands there looking at her like blank face. He's like, I don't know what to say. I'm just, like, I'm just a fucking ghost lady. What do you want from me? What do we do when we're scared? And so it's revealed that it's obviously not actually him because he doesn't know the thing. Yeah. And so that was a pretty good use of that. So she's like, set up. What do we do? What do we do when we're scared, bitch? <laughs> like, I don't know. And so she burns the house, and it's like you have your kind of feel-good, you know, bombastic ending. And then at the very end, it's revealed that they're still haunted, you know. Yee. So, I mean, it's it's a very moody, dark, dark, gross-feeling movie. 
and uh, I think that's what he was going for, and I think he succeeded. Um, if you're expecting kind of a Conjuring movie where it's like, this is going to be ramping up to something real big. It's like, it's not real big. Like, it never, it doesn't, it's not one thing after the other. Right. It's like really trying to tell the story and trying to tell the scope of what this grudge is. Yeah, this is not a grandiose movie. Yeah. This is just a fucking horror movie, man. Yeah. This is just a straight up, black and white, like, bread and butter kind of horror movie that uh, that does a good job of, of being that. So, if that's what you want, I contend that uh that everybody uh, that everybody just fucking cursed this movie and uh and it's not fair i do not believe but let's get into that what what's our next bit so our next bit that i don't have any music for is critics corner oh boy um impressive very nice we've got a new critics corner so this is some I I think we want to read some of the criticisms of the movie, and uh, and just express our thoughts on those criticisms. Yeah, yeah. Maybe pick them apart a little. So this is off of Rotten Tomatoes. Just pulled some of the. Uh, oh wait, this this one's from Reddit. Um, one of the the comments that felt like they're really disappointed was, <laughs> Kayako was in it for the very beginning in one shot for about two seconds while some fat old man zombie was in about 100% more screen time. And so they're expecting, like, a specific ghost. Yeah. And they're disappointed that the specific ghost didn't get more screen time. Oh, Jason wasn't in it. I didn't like it because you only got to see Jason for... You realize Jason's screen time in that movie was four minutes and 37 seconds? I was out of a two-hour-long movie. Um, and then I think... Oh, yeah, this one is another one. Very fine actors completely wasted in a poorly made reboot. Oh, the boredom. So these these are all from critics in Rotten Tomatoes now. A poorly... Now, let's. this is a critic, a top critic in Rotten Tomatoes, who says a poorly made reboot. It's not a reboot. This is not a, a reboot. It's a sequel, but also it's not poorly made. It's pretty well made. Yeah. <laughs> it I, looks great. There's a lot of great like shots that were that really worked. Um, an unpleasant, humorless slog through the muck of low-budget January horror <laughs> fodder that is neither frightening or particularly entertaining, blandly ambling from tired jump scare to tired jump scare. Wow. I feel like... Well, I'm I'm going to do one next after this that names these these people. Right. Yeah. But um that's I mean that's just like Yes, it's humorless. <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny. That's not We're not watching Ghostbusters. Obviously, <laughs> that's not what he was going for. Yeah. He's and when it and when it does when it is humorous, it's funny. It's like, you know, the parts that you're supposed to laugh at because they are genuinely good. Like when she zips up the handbag. Hang on. Let, let me get the next one here. Ben Kenigsberg of the fucking New York Times <laughs> said this. Uh, so he titled his uh, his review, The Grudge Review, A Curse That Can't Be Lifted. Nicholas Pesci's new horror movie remake has its chilling moments, but 
ultimately remains cursed by a fatally hokey concept. This freeform curse requires scant logic and never stops, much like the franchise it inhabits. The new grudge on the uh, the new grudge, the second remake since the original theatrical movie Jew on the Grudge, a Japanese film first shown in two thousand two. Okay, I, I have a few things to say about this guy who writes for the New York Times, Ben. Kenigsburg. Again, they're calling it a remake. He's calling it a remake. It's well, just... I mean, it's a soft reboot. It's like they're trying to re-engage. Okay, then call it a soft reboot. It's not a remake. It's patentedly not a remake. Um, uh, ultimately, hokey concept. This freeform curse requires scant logic and never stops. Uh... What? I mean, I, 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 I just. Um, I mean, that's that's more. He's he's attacking the concept, which is like, okay. I mean, that's like. Okay, so let's let's take of, a look at, at, at an undeniably good horror movie, uh, Hereditary. Is that a hokey concept? Yeah, it's a pretty hokey concept. Bringing back, bringing a <laughs> demon, you know, from from you know, payment from the Bible back to uh, we're going to reincarnate him. Is that a does that does yeah. that float your boat? Is that better or the Exorcist? It's a pretty hokey concept. It's of a being pretty possessed by a demon. Let me think here. What's uh, okay? So I I got I got the only horror movies that I can think of that aren't based on a hokey concept are serial killer horror movies. Like, um, like American Psycho, or what, what was that one we watched on Shudder a few months ago, and we still have it in the can? Oh, Henry. Henry, Portrait, Portrait of, of a Serial, serial killer. killer. That movie was not not a hokey concept. And also that, I mean, side sidebar, Netflix just came out with a documentary on the serial, serial killer that oh. that movie was based on. Yeah, that was a fucking, that was a real dark movie. Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah. Um, yeah, but my point is... If you're going to watch a horror movie, expect a hokey concept. In in very rare cases, is it not? Right. It's, <laughs> I mean, the concept of the horror is always going to be hokey yeah. or tired. What makes it good is how you wrap it. How, right. How you like... How it's presented. How it's presented, yeah. like what the setup is. Um, you think you okay, got what's, what, Yeah. What's, what's really interesting about this version of The Grudge, not the film itself... Which is really basic jump scary, not that funny and pretty mean, is that it's a really terrific cast who are trying their best to make this a good movie, and it's just like, uh, I, I okay. mean, okay, so let's reframe that. It's basic jump scary, not that funny and pretty mean. So it's like, yes, yeah, like it's gonna have jump scares. It was me- all those things are intended because it's a horror movie. It's not that funny. They're not trying to be. No, it's, it's not pre- going for taken that. pretty seriously. Did you think it and was supposed to be funny? Because if so, that's a failing on your part. Yeah, and it's pretty mean. That's the, that's the weirdest one. Like, this is a really mean movie. It's like, mean. I think what they mean when they say that, and I could be wrong. I could be vastly misinterpreting them. But I think what they mean is it makes me think about heavy shit, that, and that is mean. It's mean to invoke my thoughts upon these heavy concepts because I can't deal with that right now. I just wanted to watch a light, breezy horror movie. Well, yeah, it's almost like they're being really mean to these characters. Like <laughs> They're making a lot of bad stuff happen to these characters. Bitch, do you, do you know where where you are? Here's, um, one, here's one for you. Uh, 
David Fear, the senior editor of Rolling Stone, says The Grudge Review. This He titled it The Grudge Review. J-horror light rebooted from genre to generic. An attempt to revive the venerable imported franchise simply brings the same old scares back for another round. He's not wrong. No. I'd say he's absolutely right. But uh, it, there's only so much you can do when you're making... I mean, this is... This is, yeah, you know, this is this is a valid criticism, but it's good at that, I think. Right, and it's good at what you... it sets out to do. That, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I measure most movies, yeah, out on. Like, what are you trying? It might not be my cup of tea, but what are they trying to accomplish, and do they do that well? Yeah. And like, I feel like Nicholas Pesci did a really good job. So these are three um, audience reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. This movie was supposed to have more scary added to it. It was boring. My kids fell asleep at the movies watching it due to it dragging and not frightening them. Truly dissatisfied. So first of all, don't take your kids to a rated R horror movie. I'm always, I'm always, imp- I'm always impressed at the dregs that the audience reviews brings to the table. <laughs> well, I mean, I, like, they might be like like thirteen year olds. Maybe I'm. Maybe they maybe they're two 18-year-olds, who knows? Yeah. Maybe they're twins and they're both over the right 17. I mean, I, I I imagine that this person would bring their like 5-year-old to it. Be like, "Well, they're bored." Um wins the award of the worst jump scares in any movie I've ever seen. Like, see, that's the thing. When it comes to jump scares, it's so tired to criticize movies based on jump scares because it's like it's just a device like it's not it's very hard to have good jump scares or bad jump scares. Yeah. They just are. Yeah. And so if they worked on you, they worked. And if they didn't, they didn't. Right. Like if you if you saw them coming, then they're not going to work. If you didn't see them coming or it's still fresh. I mean, it's just. There's a definite art to it. Here, I'll, I'll read the last one for you. It was a poorly written movie with a plot that was all over the place. Did no justice to the Japanese original or the American remake. Yeah, this is another one. I looked at the scores for the 2004 The Grudge, and it was like 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not like it was a beloved movie. I don't understand like the preciousness Here's my, of the source material. So, And this is, this is a great point that you're bringing up. First of all, the first one was not received well, but it's aged well over time, and it's now a beloved movie. So, a similar movie that I liked very much when going to see it in theaters, but was received very poorly. At the time, it had like a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes when I went to go see it in theaters. It was as above, so below. People hated that movie critically. And now, it's like this low-key, never stops getting brought up in every horror discussion ever as like, hey, that was a pretty interesting movie, a pretty pretty interesting concept and i think that'll happen with this too people will realize like in a couple of years it won't be long they'll be like hey you know what movie i i like it'll this will be the top post on on the horror subreddit on dreadit it'll be you know what movie gets too much hate that i don't think it should is uh the grudge 2020 and he'll be right and yeah. and it'll keep getting said over and over again because that that's right yeah, uh, having done this podcast for over a year, we've seen some really boring movies mm. and tired movies, and uh, this isn't this isn't that. Like I, I 
understand the criticisms and they're not completely wrong, but there is a lot more interesting stuff in this movie than people are giving it credit yeah, for. They're they're nailing this movie to a cross for some dumb reason. Like they don't even know why. Again, look at the prodigy. Like I think the prodigy probably got better ratings than this one. I'm pulling it up now. Anyway. Like there's there's bad horror movies that are going to come out this year that haven't even started production yet. Like, cause the level of care is just so little <laughs> like, and they're going to be bad and they're going to be like completely forgotten. The fact that this one like will inspire vitriol and be remembered as something tells you that there's something about it. Did you find it? Yes. Uh, the prodigy. Yeah. Was reviewed. T- about twice as as nice as this one, forty three percent. Yeah, that's fucking insane, isn't it? Nuts. That is fucking insane. It's nuts to me. If you're saying that this movie has a hokey concept, like the Prodigy is super hokey. It's like, yeah, yeah it's basic bitches kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't. Okay, well, we're done being salty about that. Um, you guys let us know what you think of this movie. and uh, I'm sure we'll get lots of reactions. Um, yeah, we're in the minority. Um, let us know what you think. I mean, I'll feel bad if we make a recommendation, people go see it, and they hate it. Well, I mean... But I hope like we've given you a reason for like framing it I to where like, I won't feel you can bad. see why I it's think, good. Look, it... This is all just like your opinion, man. You right. know, this right. is this, and this is what I, I keep coming back to is there's just no accounting for taste. Uh, I know I share a very similar taste to you uh, and my wife, both people who I respect and uh, and you know, I, I right. hold you, I hold your opinions in high regard. So again, it would hopefully be our audience holds our opinions in high regard. Yeah, it'd also it. be interesting, like uh, dividing where where people are. And how they receive this movie in terms of where they are in their life stage. Like, yeah, I feel like if you're if you're in a marriage with kids, like it might be more impactful. Yeah. For you. Like if you got if you if you are in a marriage, you've had had a couple kids and you've got a parent that's like really starting to get old, yeah. like really deteriorating, like all of the setups for this would impact you and, and inspire empathy. Yeah. Anyways, go see the grudge. So, um, thanks for listening to the show. We love you. Um, we'll love you even more if you share it with a friend and especially if you leave us a rating on Apple podcasts. Again, if you want to support the show, check out our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash horror movie talk. Or go on our website and click through the buttons in the banner. It'll take you to Patreon or our Amazon um, associate. So if you click on the button that says buy on Amazon, anything you buy um, after clicking that button, we get a little taste. We get a little bit of a taste of it. Um, I mean, it's. It's, it's, it's basically it. another way to, to leave a tip that gives you something back. You know? Yeah. Um, Special thanks to new Patreon Patreon member um, Don B. Don B. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, you guys have a great week. And uh, do you know what we're reviewing next week? We are reviewing Underwater. Underwater next week. And stay tuned for controversial opinions involving that.
Yeah, I I fully expect to dislike that one more than this one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do too. But hey, you know, I could be I could be wrong. It kind of uh, it kind of looks kind of like the abyss, and I love the abyss. Yeah. So mm, here's hoping. Here's you guys a- have a great week. We love you. Bye. Bye. Juon, apply directly to the Jew. Juon, apply directly to the Jew. <laughs> I can't look at you. You got you to you save that clip. Take that clip yeah. and put it at the end, and that'll be our outro. Yeah, that'll be good. Or, yeah. <laughs> That's so stupid. Oh.